Welcome to the Knights Podcast. My name is Leah Thompson. As a graduate of Cary Christian School, it's my honor to get to introduce you to our phenomenal group of teachers. On this week's episode, I'm so excited to have Kristen Clarkson joining me again. This time, she'll be discussing Flannery O'Connor, one of her favorite authors. Flannery is a Christian author who does a great job of developing a moral imagination. I'm really excited to talk with Kristen about how she engages with Flannery's writing uh, with her seniors. So please join me in welcoming Kristen. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. It's so fun to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation today. I know you um, have just a deep love and passion for Flannery O'Connor, a Southern writer who is just very influential, and she's a believer, and I love just in the little bits that I've heard you talk about her and just how when you read her, you can inform virtue in our students. And so I'm excited to get to talk with you a little bit about that today. So my first question really is just why Flannery? When you walk into my classroom, one of the first things you see is I have two custom 3D printed busts, one of Homer and one of Flannery O'Connor. So one for my classical lit students and one for my American lit students. That's how much I love her. Flannery was an author I didn't read when I was in high school. I didn't read her until I was in college. I didn't really get her until I was in grad school. And I think what appeals to me so much about Flannery is that she brings her religious aspect into her writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Flannery famously said in a letter that she wrote to one of her friends who was an atheist and questioning the importance of Easter, who said, Mm -hmm. that seems so gruesome that you worship a God crucified. Why Mm -hmm. are are you celebrating this? And she said very famously that uh, truth does not change according to your ability to stomach it. Hmm. And so she is not someone who's afraid of the truth. And it's really easy to turn a blind eye to the hard things in the world. We would all like to be able to do it. And Flannery doesn't. She uses fiction as a plunge into reality instead of an escape from it. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, she explores what it is that makes us human. She takes specific characters in very specific situations, always Southern. Um, but in those specific situations, she's saying something about what it is to be human. And she's calling all of her characters to grace. Every story hinges on a moment of grace, either accepted or denied. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we see it beautiful. It's accepted. And then sometimes it's denied and should be a warning to us. I love that. What, um, do you have like a specific example of uh, maybe one of both of those, of Mm -hmm. when a character accepts that grace and then the character denying that grace? Absolutely. So most of the moments of grace are going to be tied up with violence, which is why a lot of people don't like Flannery. And she's one of those writers that... Throwing someone into Flannery blind would be very difficult. Um, But we actually begin with a story called A Good Man is Hard to Find. That's Mm -hmm. probably her most famous story. Mm -hmm. And that's one that if you take American Lit in college, that one will be put into the syllabus. A Good Man is Hard to Find is not one that I recommend you begin with unless you have a teacher because it is so violent. So uh, a character named the Misfit, who is a convict on the run, he escaped prison, comes across a family traveling to Florida, of all things, Mm. right? A very mundane setting. It's a, fl- a family traveling to Florida. They're the worst. The grandmother is a brat. The kids are horribly behaved. The father is absent, and the mother is just spent. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and they are on a family vacation. And the grandmother is really the main character and the one that we're paying attention to because she sounds like a lot of Southern grandmothers. You, you would recognize her when you read uh, the story. The story ends with her having a realization as the misfit drags each of her family members off one by one into the woods and kills them that they're the same because the whole story she's very concerned with good blood and being perceived as a lady Mm -hmm. then she looks at him and realizes that she too is a sinner in need of grace she reaches out to touch him and he responds by shooting her three times in the chest And the story ends, right? So if you're looking at something like that, you go, what is that? But it's a moment of grace accepted because this scary thing is that God often uses trials to shape us. And those are often the moments where he calls us to him. The devil is always accomplishing things other than the devil means to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. Think of the crucifixion. The devil meant it for evil. God means these things for good. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, the grandmother who has been blind to reality and blind to the fact that she's not better than everybody else, Mm -hmm. realizes that she too is a sinner, reaches out for grace, sees it. Now, the misfit shoots her three times through the chest, but that's a great ending because Mm -hmm. we know that she's with her maker. She dies, smile on her face, sunk down into the ground, looking up at heaven. Wow. It's gorgeous. But then there are also times where that moment of of grace is rejected. I just read the story with the students this week called The Life You Save May Be Your Own about a disabled man who leaves his disabled wife at a diner. Just leaves her for dead. And he prays that God will wash the slime away from the earth because he is unable to see the log in his own eye, but very easy Hmm. to see the speck in his brothers. And he outruns grace. He prays, God, send, send your rain to wash away the slime from the earth. And God answers that prayer, sends a rain cloud, but he outruns it in his car, not realizing that he is the slime. Hmm. And so we get both of those, but each story hinges on a moment of grace and a character who either sees things as they really are Hmm. or a character who doesn't. Hmm. How do the students respond to the violence and to to seeing that? that moment of grace either accepted or denied how are they what is their response oh man it's so fun um (laughs) it takes a minute Mm -hmm. to warm up to flannery which is why we do a whole quarter of her Uh, (laughs) that and so the kids get to really practice imitating her we end the quarter with an assignment where they write a short story in her Mm -hmm. style to kind of practice participating in this christian imagination uh, which is really really fun but at first because they know going into the year that i love flannery and they know it's coming. Um, and at first, we read A Good Man is Hard to Find, and they come in the next day and look at me like, woman, you're crazy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is it about the story that you love? This grandmother and her family, including a baby, just got shot on the side of the road. Um, and so I'll be honest, it does take them a minute. But once they start to see what she's doing, and we also read, every time we read a short story, we read one of her essays to accompany it. Okay. And so looking at uh, her thoughts on it, what she's trying to accomplish with it, Mm -hmm. and then they get it. And by the end of the year, they usually would say that Flannery is their favorite. A lot of them do. Um, But for some of them, it does take a minute because it's just so violent and so unlike anything else we read in American literature. You mentioned, you said something about participating in the Christian imagination. Yes. What do you, what do you mean by that? 
God made us as images of himself. And so as God, as creator, we are also called to create and to mm-hmm. make no matter what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't make fiction for a living, but we're all making something um, and supposed to be image bearers in that way. Um, and so one of the things that Flannery does so well is that her work is so distinctly Christian. Part of that was because she had a very rich faith life. Uh, mm-hmm. She led a ton of Aquinas. She was Catholic and she attended mass every single day and sat on the exact same pew every single day at 7 a.m. And that is a life that is faithful. Um, She feared God. And so that bleeds into her work. And so as she creates, she is bringing in the truth and goodness and beauty of what it is to be Christian. And she's using that as a way to commune with reality. She would write that her audience was predominantly atheist. And so what she's trying to do is shock her readers, right? The Mm -hmm. violence is not purposeless Mm -hmm. in O'Connor. She is completely against violence for the sake of violence. She uses it to shock her readers into seeing things as they really are, because how easy is it to turn a blind eye Mm -hmm. uh, to all the suffering? And so I call our students to do the same thing, to look at the world around them. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we call out? And then to look at some of the strategies O'Connor uses, and then they write their own short story that we then Mm -hmm. peer review, which is the most fun thing we do. (laughs) We end the year reading each other's short stories and commenting on them um, in a large group circle. But that's what I ask them is some assessments, right, like oral tests and essay tests, right? They're analyzing and reproducing. Here, they're making in the same image um, as Mm -hmm. O'Connor. And I think that's a great assessment to end their entire CCS career with, right? It's the last thing they do in literature here at Cary Christian, but to call them to be makers. To call them to be makers. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, What what aspects of her style specifically are they highlighting? in the assignment. Yes. So the rubric, it's it's a fun rubric, I think. Um, I'm not sure they all think that, but I think it's a great assignment. Um, and I pull words from O'Connor's essays that we've okay. read, and I just put that on the rubric. So for example, the very first category is that their stories have a moment of grace. Okay. Um, another category is that they are trying to stay on the surface. Flannery really is concerned with not moralizing. She doesn't want to tell you what to think because... Mm-hmm. Nobody likes being told what to think. And we know how to judge things. So she just presents details and invites judgment. Mm-hmm. So I ask the students to stay on the surface. And so categories like that that just go along with good short story. And then, of course, there are also categories like style and did they follow point of view and the mm-hmm. tenets of dialogue. Um, but things like staying on the surface, bringing in, because she's writing very distinctly Southern fiction that's mm-hmm. character driven. Mm-hmm. So she's someone who was very skilled in Aristotle. And so she follows Aristotle's prescriptions about plot that we see in the poetics, Hmm. but she kind of changes it. Aristotle says that plot is more important than character, right? And he gives Hmm. the example of Oedipus in the poetics. But Flannery says, no, character is more important than plot. So that the stories are also character driven. And so categories like that is what I I ask them to do. Not that she's the only way to write a good short story, but just we're going to write something very specific. Right. And you're giving them, you've said, okay, we've studied her for a quarter and now I want you to show me what you've learned. Exactly. From so, studying her. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's my favorite thing that I get to do here, actually, at Carrie Christian, which is a bold statement, but I would say <laughs> that it is my favorite assignment that I give. Uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you see 
again, clearly the distinctly Christian, and even you drawing in Aristotle and her study of Aquinas is also kind of a distinctly oh, classical. She is classically educated through and through, yeah. which is why she's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do the same for our students. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm thank excited you. to hear how it all goes this, yes. this quarter. So that's Absolutely. awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Kristen. As our seniors finish up their final quarter here at Cary Christian School, I'm so thankful that they get to engage in an assignment that calls them to imitate their creator by creating something beautiful and by engaging with each other in conversation about their creations. And as you know, our prayer through each of those conversations is that our students would be equipped to flourish in the modern world by finding their identity in Christ. I hope you'll join us again next week.